Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're very welcome to another episode of the Scaling Your Business podcast. For this episode, I am joined by Cahill O'Reilly, the founder of Rooftop22. Cahill, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks, Rian. Happy to be here. Chuff to have you. You're probably the guest that's closest to the studio. I'm not in the studio at the moment. I'm in my apartment, which is also in our toast, but you're in the neighboring village of Dunshockland. Is yeah. that the village that you grew up in? It is. I'm based working from home at the moment, just today. Mm-hmm. Our offices are in Glasnevin in Talent Garden. But yeah, I'm originally from Dunshockland, born and bred, played football here throughout the years. Um, yeah, I'm a Dunshockland man, true and true at this stage. We've probably got a couple of connections then because our secondary school wasn't built in time um, for us to go to Retoth College. And I'm assuming there's a number of people. You look around the age of a th- neighbor of mine called Neil Finnegan. Don't know if that's by chance that you know that it looks like you do know that guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Face. I know Neil. Yeah. Yeah. 33. I am had to think there. Yeah. 33. So yeah, he's a good guy. I won't tell you too many stories now and there about Neil. He won't thank me for that, but yeah, maybe another I'm, time I'm, over a point. I'm friends. I'm friends with his younger brother. They live two doors down from me and have for the last probably, well, I'm not near my parents. I'm a bit a kilometer from my parents, but they live two doors down from my parents. Um, anyway, that's what the, not what the listeners are here for. What was life like growing up in Dunshockland? Um, yeah, life is normal growing up in Dunshockland. I was very lucky to come from a great family. Um, family four, my sister, parents, and we all still live in the village. Very, very normal upbringing, play football. Um, you know, went to, went to school in Dunshockland, um, went to secondary school in Castanet College. Um, it's very fortunate to just have a nice group of friends that I still keep in touch with to this day. Um, yeah, very normal, and I would recommend anybody coming out from Dublin because there's a huge amount of people now from, say, Dublin 15 who are spilling out to the chocolate due to the, the lack of available houses in Dublin or the price points of houses in Dublin. So the chocolate has doubled in the past five to ten years, and um, it's probably gone through, Reen, what our tote went through 10 to 15 years ago. So it's mm. growing. We have um, an Aldi, a little, and a Costa Coffee. So you know you're onto good things when, when, when you have an Aldi, a little, and a Costa Coffee. Is the Aldi open yet? Just last week, yeah. Oh, just nice. Last week, so. Nice, very cool. Yeah, I've just I've driven by it a lot and I haven't seen it open, but that's cool that it's open. Um, I have this joke with my friend. I go to a lot of the Irish football matches. Strangely enough, there's one tonight against Serbia, and I'm going to it, and I, bump, I go with my friend Rory Monaghan, and he's always telling me that I'm from Meath, and I tell him that I'm not accepted by Meath people, and I'm not accepted by Dublin people because I'm in Rathaus. Anyway, um, a couple of things I know about you, one particular thing is that you're a Manchester United fan. So what's one thing that you're into or curious about that not a lot of people would know about you? Um, one thing that I'm into that not a lot of people would know about me. Um, it's a tough question. I'm not too sure if you're looking for a personal answer or a business answer, but I love discovering new things. Um, and I think I'm very intuitive and curious. So I'm a different for finding a new piece of software online and thinking this is the, the, the next best thing Download a free, downloading a free trial playing around with it for two or three hours and and then never going back to it again so i'm constantly been inundated by 
sales members of these these companies who feel as if it could be a hot lead, but probably not quite as hot as they originally thought when the inquiry came true. Just have an inquisitive mind, but I think that helps both from a personal perspective and read new books and you know discover new hobbies, and then from a business perspective, I'm always looking at what the next thing is whereby we can offer the clients as services or else, um, you know, even just discuss with different people around the table. So I think having an inquisitive mind is something that people probably don't know about me and I don't talk about too much. You mentioned you're from Dunshockland. You went to Castlenock College. You've part of a great family. Is there anyone that springs to mind when I mention the word influence, as in who has influenced you from a young person to turn out to be the person you've become today? It's 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 probably a bit of a cliche answer, Reem, but it's it's probably the case for a lot of people who are on your podcast. And I think I heard a couple of people mention this before, but certainly might say my dad has been the best, the most influential person on me from a personal and professional perspective. I grew up in an environment where my dad ran his own business and he would have been, you know, very, very driven. He employed over 150 people at one stage. Um, and for me growing up, that was the norm um, because my dad would get up at six o'clock in the morning, be the first in the office. And you take kind of that rubs off on you, I suppose. Um, over time, I know, Reen, I think your father has had a, a similar influence on you in terms of his in terms of his, his business. So it's something that I think as a father now myself, I kind of think to myself, you know, how would you like your child to see you? And certainly the way my dad acted and still acts to this day in terms of advice for my own business, but also giving me experience or advice based on the experience that he has, it's just invaluable. So I still talk to him every week about the business and he guides me to a certain degree. And it's just certainly what he's done in the past has influenced me hugely. What's your dad's name? Uh, Stephen O'Reilly. Well, shout out to Stephen O'Reilly. Um, I noticed that you went to DIT, same college as myself, and you studied um, business studies in DIT and then went on to do a master's in marketing at DCU. Tell me about the decision to stay on and do a master's in marketing. I felt I went in there in my mind as an underdog because I didn't have this great studious background and some of the people who are in my course in, in, in DCU and great people that I still speak to to this day, they come from, came from, you know, great backgrounds, great pints in the leave insert, you know, great understudy or undergraduate degrees. And I really felt as if like I had to prove myself to them and, and to myself. So doing the masters in marketing and I, I, I did okay in it. Um, was something that I'm really, really glad I did. And to be honest with you, I only really learned the value of hard work because I'm not too sure if of your own background reading in terms of if you, if, you, if, you, if you did a master's or not, but they're fairly intense. They read 12 hour days um, and your body takes a little bit of time to get used to that. But it really, that type of, of work ethic really stands you in, in the workplace. You know, it, you actually end up working a little bit less in, in, in the workplace in the beginning. But now that I have my own business, you tend to put those hours in quite often, but it's, it's not unknown to you and you feel as if you can do it. And you learn mm. so much during, during the master's. Now, from a practical perspective, you, you, you know, I'm not too sure how much I remember exactly from that master's, but the context that you build up, the work ethic that you put in and the belief that it gives in yourself is probably what I took most from it. So I'd certainly recommend it to anybody out there who's looking to progress themselves and do some, um, do, do a master's and, and educate themselves further. Excellent. Uh, me and you both, I wasn't particularly happy with my leaving cert results either, but that's on me. I didn't work uh, hard enough to get the results I, I, I could have achieved. Um, did you get the chance to do an internship or Erasmus throughout your five years between DIT and DCU? 
No, I would have loved. I did three months in Chicago on a J1 is the closest I came to, 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 to an Erasmus and living abroad and experiencing, experiencing the, uh, uh, the lifestyle that, that that brings to a certain degree. And I remember coming home from that and being on the plane and saying, you know, always travel, you know, you, you loved it, you should do more of it. And I never quite did it really. Now, I had great holidays, and but I would have loved to have taken a year out. My course at the time didn't offer it, so I would have loved to have to do an Erasmus and to experience living abroad never quite happened for me, but um, yeah, I think it would be, it would have been fantastic. I ask, be, I ask for, for a reason because I got the chance to do it and live in Angers in France for six months and it, it, uh, it added to me as a person. I came away with, with a number of lessons learned from that and gaining independence. So I'm curious to know, did the three months in Chicago uh, add, a, add anything to your life? Did it give you a new perspective a new appreciation um any lessons learned did you manage to grow as a person no you know what's funny i always think with travel and i do i mean I, I do go away a little bit and i always try and go on a nice holiday but it's only when you get abroad and you get out of your own ecosystem that you realize how small you are in the world but also how much opportunity there is out there i mean we all have our day-to-day problems and we all probably think that our own issues are the biggest you know and and and, and we're sometimes in our own mind we can be a little bit isolated but when you get out of your out of your your hometown or you know out of ireland to a certain degree you just realize that there is the world is so vast and there's so much opportunity out here and for us you know the problems that we have there's millions of people experiencing the same if not more and it gives you that sense of opportunity i suppose uh, by traveling so I, I wouldn't say that i i got a great kick or a great inspiration out of chicago i mean the crack was brilliant but i just think travel in general just i know it's a cliche again but it really does like just broaden the mind after your masters you worked for some great companies all in marketing or account management roles PM, PML Group, TPI Group, Runway Marketing, more recently Verve. Um, what lessons did you take away from your time spent in each one of these? I'm, I'm going to pick on two of them. I'm going to pick on the first and last one. So from, I think, almost three years at PML, um, the PML Group, mm-hmm. as a marketing executive, what did you get from that? They're, even all three are, are, are so different, but PML in particular, um, are, at the time, it was run by um, fantastic manager, owner, entrepreneur, Jimmy, Jimmy Cashin, who's since retired. But Jimmy had the best processes in place from a business that I've since yet to come across any company that's run as efficiently as PML, whereby they had this amazing management system that would spit out reports, um, schedules, and d- directly link into supplier client systems. And it meant that everybody was important in PML, but it wasn't um, training and bringing people in to do the job was made an awful lot easier because the systems systems were in place for that person to excel within their position. So that was my first job. And I kind of presumed that all companies were as efficient as, as PML. And, and there's nothing against the other two because they were both fantastic companies as well and each with their own great traits. But PML just from a systems and operations perspective, just had it nailed down to the point whereby there was very little room for error um, due to the fact that the system would take care of an awful lot of the work um, and, and, and scheduling and so forth. So the way it was operationally run was just, just fantastic. Um, their client base was locked down. They weren't necessarily chasing new business on a, on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis, maybe on a yearly, but certainly not on a weekly or monthly. They would be chasing business from within large accounts, which was another 
really, really strong strategic way of doing things as opposed to other businesses such as ourselves and, and, and so forth who are constantly chasing business. And um, so learned a lot. And um, so then your most recent role before you started your own business was with Verve, the live marketing agency. Um, you got a promotion while you were there. Uh, what key lessons did you take from your time with that crowd? Um, so I was before I joined Verve, I, 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 I was always really, really wanted to set up my own business. And I, I probably shouldn't be giving too much away because previous employers might not be too happy. But I always had a sole trader business on the side that would help smaller businesses um, with their marketing. So it so happened just by chance that a couple of businesses locally approached me. They knew I was experienced and, and, and could offer services that they were looking for. I took those clients on and essentially I would work in my spare time at the weekends um, and after work on those accounts. Um, it got to the stage whereby I really wanted to set up my own business and make this sole trader business a full-time business. But the way the Irish landscape is, I was 27, 28 years of age. And it would have been very difficult for me, myself and my wife now, girlfriend at the time, were looking at mortgages. And it would have been very difficult for me to justify leaving my well-paid job to set up on my own and risk that mortgage. So a strategic decision, I suppose, that was made in Milano's and Blanchestown, which was me telling Roisin, no, I'm setting up my own business. And her telling me, no, you're not, uh, resulted in me applying for a job in, in Verve. I kind of fervor the best at what they do in, in in dublin are certainly one of the best and um, they've got some um great clients and i since found out since shining that the people in there and, and 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 the owner is just they're just really really well run and really nice people so i when i joined verve i always had the, the business that i was going to set up in the back of my mind although i didn't say that to them at, at interview stage um and i suppose i spent I think two and a half, nearly three, two and a half years in there potentially, um, learning as much as I could, how they operated, how the divisions within the business were set up. I used to really annoy the finance director in there, Barry Trainer, about forecasting and how long in advance does he have, you know, forecasted income and, and, and so forward. And how does he manage payments and, 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 and you know, lead times for payments and, and, and all those kind of operational stuff that a lot of people probably don't ask when I was an account manager in there. So I got as much info um, and, and experience from Verve as I could. I mean, we worked on some great accounts. We were traveling to the UK during the Six Nations to do live streaming and managing social media campaigns, website campaigns, going down, going down to Cork for the Guinness Cork Jazz Festival, working with some really, really top clients and enjoying it. Like you'd walk in in the morning, you'd go in at half eight in the morning and you'd, you'd leave at half five, six, but your day would be filled of fun stuff that you were working on. It was just the most incredible experience from, from that end. And the team, I was on a digital team and um, started off as a digital account manager and since got promoted to digital account director just before I left. But um working with a great team and just really cool, chilled environment, which was um, new to me to a certain degree. And it was, it was the, the employees were given every opportunity to, to excel um, and, and take, take the bull by the horn. So it was a really, it was a tough decision to leave. If I didn't have this aspiring entrepreneurial set up my own business in, in my mind, I certainly would have stayed there for a lot longer. And um, I think it was a great place to work. So now you started your own business, Rooftop 22. Can you tell the people who might not be familiar with what the business is, what it is by giving us your 30 second commercial? Yeah, no problem at all. So Rooftop 22, we're a web design digital marketing agency. 
Um, we've grown from myself sitting in my bedroom in, in, in January of, 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 of 2020 to a team of five based at a talent garden in Glasnevin, County Dublin. Um, we're essentially um, a team that will help you design a new website that will convert visitors into clients, whether that be through an inquiry on your website or whether that be through a transaction on your website. Um, we then work with clients after we've built a website on a monthly basis, driving traffic to those websites and proving to you via report at the end of the month that you spent X amount of money on ads and also through agency fees with Rooftop. But on the back of that, you gained X amount of revenue. You work out the amount of work. When we take you on, we work really hard to succeed with you and you'll see a report each month that will show you that. Nice. Nice. You're approaching two years in business. Um, mm. If my maths is correct, month 21 at the moment, maybe I'm wrong, but it's around that, it's around that period. Yeah. Um, if you had to pick one thing that you think people should concentrate on in the first 12 months or even eight months of setting up their business and one lesson learned over the last 21 months, I hope my maths is right on that, what would they be? So if you start with one thing you think people should concentrate on and not overlook because it's vital to get right in the first eight to 12 months, what would that be? I think, I think every business is, is, is different because people business can be funded from the start and, and, and so forth. So for me, we were, I was very much going in in terms of my salary was zero. And people were, looking, yeah. people were looking at me saying, this guy is, is bonkers, you know, leaving, leaving a good job and going in and, and starting off, um, you know, at a mortgage to pay um, and, and so forth. So sales um, from the get-go are just so important and paying yourself, getting it to a place where you can actually make a living out of this. And that can be done through, through outreach, through relying on, on contacts years. But I would say for the, for the first six months, my sole focus was to make sure that I could provide for both myself and my family and make sure that that actually could be sustained as a business. And it was funny within the first three or four months that kind of became apparent that it was working and, 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 and money was coming through and, and so forth. And then from, six eight months onwards once that was um never concrete and still is never concrete but once i felt that that was under control well then it's how can you turn this into a business so the biggest lesson green that i've learned and and is that you genuinely can't do everything yourself i spoke about at the start of this podcast discovering new software i'm a i would discover new accounting software and i would discover new project management software and i would i would discover new seo and and, and and web tool software and i would get pulled into different areas of the business but in the past six to eight months in particular since the team has grown um you know we've, we've now got outside of the team we've got a you know a, a kind of a i suppose a financial forecasting um guy that i work with on a monthly basis who advises me on how to grow it as well it's a situation whereby i have to let other people push on and support other people with the work and that's letting go of your of the business a little bit which is which is hard you're not always in control of every aspect of it but you put things in place and processes in place to let other people grow within the role and um, other people to make decisions and put your trust in those decisions and um, it's it wasn't easy to get to that stage and if i'm being totally honest i'm still not 100 there mm. but we're going through that at the moment which is the the next phase of transitioning from a solo entrepreneur into actual a business that can run without you if you go on a holiday for a week for example you know not trying to be involved in every in every aspect of it and not having to be involved in every decision which is um which is important for the business to grow beyond me mm. i'd love to get a, an idea of what your go-to-market strategy is what channels do you use to 
engage with net new accounts? Is it socials? And if so, specifically what? Is it in-person networking meetings? Is it referrals? Just a broad overview. And if, if we can dig in deeper on some of them, if it makes sense, great. If not, we'll just get an overview. No, no, absolutely. Um, so you might be surprised and, and, and since January of 2020, and this is not a and this is not a good thing, by the way, but we've actually never advertised as a business. Every bit of work that has come our way since after January of 2020 has been referral. So you sign up three accounts, you do a good job on those three, two out of those three or three out of those three will recommend you. You're onto the next batch and it kind of grows like a tree from there. So we're we're. We've grown organically through, through referral, which is fantastic. And maybe it's a testament to the value that we're offering our clients. However, it's probably not the most practical way of growing a business. Plus, you're not always getting referrals from your absolute ideal customer. So in January of 2020, what, what I did was I sat down, I made a list of the type of businesses that we could potentially work with, or me at the time. Um, and I created a 15-minute, I suppose, targeted video which i would screen record myself i would go on to their website i would look at their digital marketing and i would offer advice value offer advice to to those people on how they could improve their marketing i wasn't necessarily off asking them tell them about our prices tell them what we can do exactly for you each month i was just saying look here's a few tips and tricks if you like this video brilliant if you want to reach out and talk to us even better and that proved really successful but that was quite time consuming because by the time you identify a company create that video find the email address send it off and do a little bit of replying it took up a lot of a lot of your day success was really strong from it i've been guilty rain since then of being involved in the work that have come our way and now I'm actively trying to trying to you know make sure that that work is managed correctly, make sure that each of the clients that we have are serviced correctly, that they're happy, which is paramount, but also giving me the time to improve our website, which maybe other marketing companies listening will, will laugh at because a lot of them are the same. We haven't had much time to improve our own website. We're currently not running any social media ads ourselves. We're not doing any outreach on LinkedIn, and we're not doing any paid ads, and our SEO could do a lot of improvement, which... We're, the, we're now in a situation where we could really benefit from our own services, but it's finding that time to put towards your own services that has proven difficult, but it is really, really important. So the next stage of our business really, and that's, that's, that's only in a meeting last week, for the next three months, we're really going to focus. And in three months' time, we want to have those processes in place that, that we're not being as reactive to the market and referrals that we're proactive and we have a steady flow of inquiries coming through the same service that we offer our clients essentially what you're telling me is that the majority of your clients that date have come from referrals your net new accounts my question is are they coming from referrals that you've asked for at the end of an engagement or is it that you know john from xyz company uh is emailing you four weeks later saying you dealt with my friend helping his website can you help me Exactly. The second one, um, again, you know, we've, we've talked about putting a referral strategy in place whereby we can offer discounts to clients based on, based on referrals. And that's something that we'll certainly look at in the future, but everything so far has been, look, you've done a good job for, for me. I've mentioned, mentioned your company to a friend of mine, a colleague, you know, a previous colleague. Um, and are you, are you, do you have availability to work with them? And then we get on a sales call and we, and we pitch in our services from there. So we've been fortunate that the business has grown that way. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, but the power of referral is huge um, in, in, in services game. And I think our industry, Reen, has a bit of a bad reputation 
potentially sometimes whereby a lot of times where we talk to our clients we'll get messages such as oh the previous guy who managed their website just didn't get back to us quick enough or we just you know there was a, there was a maybe there was a malware on the website and it wasn't patched correctly and you know i think a lot of people have had bad experiences i remember an, an, an old boss of mine um Colin Cullinton used to say to me that everybody has fallen out with their web developer. Um, and that always stuck with me, even setting up this business. And I remember thinking to myself at the time that I really don't want to be the guy that people fall out with. So have a kind of a heavy heart whereby if I feel as if maybe we haven't done as good a job as we could for a client, we'll always go the extra mile. And look, we've we've lost money on, on, on some jobs in order to create an experience and a, and, a, and, a, and a product for a client that absolutely delivers for them and I do I do feel that's hugely important because as much as people will refer you they'll also go the other way and say that crowd really messed me around you know so I would really hate for a comfort for somebody to feel that way about about the business and um, so, so so yeah so I think the power of referral is huge and if you can get a good reputation then then so be it. So two more questions for you, Carl. Second last question is around productivity. Uh, time is vital to a lot of entrepreneurs. Is there any hacks that you've implemented to save you time? It could be as simple as writing down your to-do list the day before. So when you go to work that day, you've literally just got to do your to-do list, organize and priority. Yeah, um, I, I think time is, 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 I agree with that and, and getting through work that isn't in front of you. So quite, quite often where we're always responding to the email that came through or we're firefighting the issue that's in front of us, but then you lose track of the overall kind of bigger picture. So I try and block out time for the week. I block out time for emails um, and every morning I'll do, do a list before work. Um, and this is really, really simple and really it's something easy to do. But if you do block out time and you leave that sheet, or maybe I have it on, on an iPad beside me, your hours by the day. And if you feel yourself getting distracted by the latest piece of software or an email that's incoming, someone wants a response, but you know, it's not the most urgent thing in the world, refer back to your, to your, to your schedule and make sure you're on track, but do block two hours a day for emails, but you know, not more than that. And not every 15 minutes, just to make sure you get tasks done and you, and you, and you, and you get calls done and you get things done efficiently. Um, I like to do that at the start of the day, but I also just for peace of mind, I like to make a list at the end of the day, a brain dump it's called sometimes whereby I feel as if if things are spinning around in your head that I forget this or when is this due you're not in a clear mind so if you get everything out of your head onto whatever way you want to take notes whether it's through digital or whether it's pen and paper get it down there get a day or a time assigned to it you suddenly make yourself feel better and you know you can you can get on with your evening then and, and hopefully forget about work although that's sometimes easier said than done so I don't know nice. what you're like, Reem, but it's a struggle that I have with sometimes, but definitely the, the lists help and dedicate no meetings on a Friday. So dedicate Friday for wrapping up anything with regards to financials, invoices and long term planning. Um, so Friday is that day whereby you just have that little bit of headspace to, I don't know, grab a coffee down the village um, you know, sit in the coffee shop for half an hour and think differently than you would if you're in the middle of, the, of a busy day. Final question for you, Cottle, is if you had the decision-making, final decision-making power to add any subject to the leaving or, or just secondary school curriculum, but it's going to be a mandatory subject, what would it be and why? Um, I, don't want to, I don't want to take from the guy who's, who, who said this. You, you asked this question on a podcast that I listened to six mm -hmm. weeks ago, Irene, and Kevin O'Loughlin was speaking, and he, you asked a question to him, and I remember thinking to myself in the car when I was listening to it, I'm not sure. Um, I would think. What did he say? 
he said something about a session around your, your mental health. And I would echo that, that the brain is so important. And I feel as if that we don't spend enough time focusing on ourselves, our health and the importance of that. And we're now in, I'm, I was very fortunate. I really believe this growing up that, you know, I had a good childhood and, and, and touching that before, but I wasn't living in the world of social media and, and I was on. And for people who are, you know, potentially having a tough time in school these days to go back and they're on TikTok and, 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 and Instagram and whatever other platforms that we don't know about. Um, and it's always on that to have, you know, one class a week or one class a month, whatever it might be on, on, on your mind and, and how can you control your mind and, and have a clear mind. I think that's hugely important. So I think that at the moment, the Leaving Cert is very much, well, when I was in school, it was very much about retention of memory. You would, you would cram before an exam, you would spit that out and you would get whatever results you got based on your ability to remember what was going to be, what, you, what you'd written down and what was potentially going to be asked. So a bit more broader thinking, a little bit around maybe mental health um, and you know communication skills as well, presentation skills, the ability to communicate with different types of people is, is hugely important in business as well. I think Green, you might have touched on it there, but we've clients who, you know, who just want direct answers, want quick responses. And um, mm -hmm. we've clients who want 15 minute chats at the start, at the end of a call. And, you know, we, we've clients who don't want calls at all, just don't want to speak to us and just want the work to be done and, and are happy to leave it in our hands. So the ability to communicate effectively with different types of people is hugely important. And how that can be taught in school and college, I'm not sure, but I know it isn't being taught. And I know I think more communication skills and presentation skills and networking events and things like that being put out of your comfort zone during school. So then that becomes the norm when you get into the working life, I think would really benefit people. Um, so that's that's my um, my two cents on it. Um, hopefully that's okay. That's a good answer. I'm not sure if it is. No, it's a great answer. If anyone wants to learn more about what other countries have implemented in this area, I did a recording and I'll leave a link to it below with a guy called Christopher Shum from Motors Learning. Probably, yeah, probably one of the most three most intelligent people under the age of 25 that I've ever had the pleasure of chatting to it. Uh, he's from Kilkenny. He's currently based in Cork. Uh, wildly intelligent guy um, and remarkable when it comes to uh, helping people in, in the space that you just referenced. This. So I'll leave a link to that podcast below if anyone wants to, to listen to it or just connect with Christopher on his um, LinkedIn. I think he has his podcast himself. It's called Motus Learning. I can't remember the exact name of the podcast, but you'll find it if you Google it. Anyway, look, Cole, I want to, uh, I want to thank you for your, your, your time today. Um, I wish you continued success. It's great to see that you've you've gone out by yourself. And um, yeah, I wish you nothing but the best going forward. And thanks for being my guest today. Cheers, Rean. I'll bump into you now and Aldi in the next coming weeks. Beautiful morning. Beautiful morning, baby.